and welcome to Trashy Trashy, the Golden Bachelor Recaps. My name is Erica, and I'm your host. My name is Cassandra, and I'm your other host. We would love to thank our Patreon subscribers for joining us here today. Hi, cuties. Yes, and we'd also like to thank ABC for making such a trashy show for so many years. Let's jump right in, Erica. We have a lot to talk about. This is episode three, and we open on our angel Gary in tears. I... What was your immediate reaction to seeing this? Because personally, I was ready to fight someone over this man that I have never met. I all caps in my notes, who made Gary cry? (laughs) I was like mentally searching for the soul that dared to bring Gary to tears, a la like John Wick. It's as if someone had just killed my dog. And I was like, well, I will hunt every single last one of you down. He's, He's too sweet for this show. And I... I'm just like already prepping myself for every episode to hurt me. But it starts in an amazing way after this foreshadowing of Gary crying. You know, I'm going to put it out like a permission slip for everybody who's listening and for me and Erica. If we say Jerry, it's because Gary spells his name like Jerry. Are you okay with that, Erica? It's G-E-R-R-Y. And here's the thing. We're behind the paywall. I say let's just call him Jerry. I say we give everyone that nickname. We give the nicknames. Like this is the, you know, this is the secret content. This is the hidden scrolls. Right. This is Jerry Gary. You know, like you're paying good money to hear us not get this man's name right. Anyways, we start this episode by meeting the newly formed Golden Bachelor gang in the house, Askin, which stands for April. Six-inch heel Susan, Kathy, and Nancy. And their tagline is, you asking, we're telling. I mean, gossip little hens just cluck, cluck, clucking. I personally loved it a little bit just because I've always wanted to be in that kind of gang, you know? Like, yeah, oh, I we mean, have nicknames. <laughs> It comes as no surprise that this group got together based on like the first two episodes. And at least two out of three of these women are trashy. You know, like April gave that Facebook calendar. Kathy, (laughs) we already said, is a trash queen. I see in your notes you called her a soundbite machine. I'm sorry I stole that from you, but it's a very good way to describe her. (laughs) And of course, Six Inch Heel Susan. I don't need to get into it. But I didn't gather from Nancy crying in her wedding dress that she was like, part of this trashy group but i'm i'm here for it what we have to remember is that we're watching an hour hour and a half show of these people's days and weeks that are edited down so maybe behind the scenes nancy is the biggest girl gang of them all we just don't know because we're only shown the edit the producers want us to see wow can you imagine that nancy is like this villain, but like the producers aren't catching it because they're too busy dealing with like the crazy blunt shit that Kathy says. I, I do like to think that I I do. (laughs) Like she's just somehow behind the scenes, just like cutting girls, like Metamucil bags. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm hoping that Nancy's a nasty, nasty Nancy. Nasty Nancy. Just I mean, based on no no facts at all, she is nasty Nancy. So I have a question. These are wild accusations. We have no basis in fact. Hey, babe, we're behind the paywall. Yep. My question for you is: If you were on this show, do you think that you would take this tactic, Mm -hmm. or? like of making a girl gang, or would you go through this solo? Because like, obviously this gang can't influence Gary's decisions per se, but I mean, it's gotta be a little, it's intimidating to be around a clique of girls. Well, I was in a sorority for four years. I had 84 roommates at one point. For three years, I lived in a house with 84. There were 85 women in the house. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Oh. Oh, fuck that, girl. <laughs> I mean, we weren't all just in, like, one big pile. Like, there were rooms. But I I lived in a couple of, like, two-girl rooms. You know, like, you'd have a roommate in the room. But then I purposely sought out four-girl, five-girl rooms and stuff like that. And 
I think it's, for me, I think it's interesting. I think it taught me a lot of patience. I think it taught me a lot of, hey, not everybody was raised the way you are or approaches things the way you do. And there's a tact in asking Tessa to turn off her goddamn alarm at three o'clock in the morning. (laughs) There's a tact to keeping a bunny in the sorority house like I did. You know, the... (laughs) I'm a piece of shit. But you're not all dating the same person. That's the thing. That's that's the thing. You have to put yourself in the headspace of like, you're surrounded by fellow competitors. So Mm -hmm. do you compete from the start or, you know, like, do you try to make some friends and then Mm -hmm. ultimately stab them in the back or Mm -hmm. have to get the soundbite of you saying, well, if anyone was going to get it, um, I'm I'm glad it was her, you know, even though you don't mean that. So you're playing two games simultaneously. You're trying to win Ga- Jerry's heart, of course, <laughs> Jerry Gary's heart. But you're also trying to win America's hearts, the viewers. So right. if you are seeing like, hey, I'm in the middle of the rose ceremony every time I'm haven't been asked on a one on one. We haven't, you know, we haven't kissed yet. Then you go, okay, I'm good in the house. I'm probably not going to win Jerry, Gary over. So you kind of tend to be like, well, I want to be America's favorite. I want to be the, you know, be able to sell home chef ads and flat tummy tea when I leave this. So Or become the golden bachelorette. Oh, I can, I can see that for a couple of these women. But yeah. you know what? It's time now yeah. for our first group date. And Handsome McBeefcake host says that everyone is going on this group date. And it is, of course, everyone's worst nightmare, a talent show in Agora Hills. At the Canyon Club, where Drac and the Swamp Rats open for Corey Feldman and I saw Tom Sandoval's band post Scandoval. It was bad. Wow. Fun it's facts. A, it's fun facts about the uh, the Canyon Club. It's a basically it's like a venue, but it's also a supper club. So half the time you go to a show there. I've been to two shows there, so not a lot of based on. There are people that are absolutely like regulars and have a membership in some way. So whatever shows on, they're going to go and have supper. You know, <laughs> they're going to have their nice dinner <laughs> out, regardless of the. And so you'll see them being like eating their little, you know, flan for dessert and be like, what the hell's all this? It's it's fantastic. Like blend of of characters. But yeah. Anyway. I'm gonna go ahead and guess that this was just an audience full of PAs. <laughs> yeah. It just I mean, I'm just I'm just guessing. Yeah. I ABC pages. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I personally get a little sweaty thinking about the idea of being put in a especially unprompted talent show. Mm-hmm. I never it's it's crazy because I've performed a lot, but I've never done a talent show. For me, it feels like oh. the expectations are too high because it's like, well, you yeah. entered in this. You yeah. said this was your talent. So <laughs> go for it. But have you yeah. ever been in a talent show? I've been in a handful. So when I was younger, I did pageants, as we've talked about. And so there's always a talent portion of the show that was judged, you know. So let's say there were 10 contestants in the pageant. Seven out of 10 would pick singing because everyone thinks they can sing. Seven out of 10 would be off key and shitty. But one girl would actually be like, good. (laughs) But should a 15-year-old be seeing like Black Velvet? Absolutely not. <laughs> An insane move. But so I I did I, and and like one person might try dancing every once in a while. End of list. Like those were the two talents. Was like Nobody one out of ten batons? might be a dancer, singer. No, batons. Fucking sterling. We ain't never seen a bat a baton is a is a cow whip. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, okay. But I did comedic monologues. It was just basically stand-up that me and my mom just kind of wrote like in one long form. And the first year was about, I don't have a talent. And how do I pick a talent? And kind of making fun of the other girls' talents. You were the the Eddie Izzard of 
pageants. I was a Susie Izzard. There I was. Absolutely. But yeah, it well, was, uh, is, that was me. Is Eddie Izzard Susie now? Yes. Susie, Eddie, they, they're open to both. Yeah. Okay. My yeah. apologies. But it's them. Susie because I am, I identify completely as, you know, female. So it's kind of like works on both levels. Hey guys. Well, the <laughs> things we learned behind the paywall. Okay. Well, you're yeah. not a child anymore. No. I hate to be the one to break the bad news. Oh God. <laughs> you're not a baby anymore, Erica. <laughs> so what talent would you bring now to The Bachelor? Would you go for comedic monologues still? Mm -hmm. Would you would you take that risk? No. You know, I don't want to divide the audience too much. I Yeah, your your comedy has become <laughs> quite political lately. Yeah. Yeah. I've got big thoughts on the Iran Contra series. Um your no. whole bit about vaccines is like <laughs> uncomfortable to watch, honestly. I so. said what I said. No. Sure. Uh, I I can blow really large bubblegum bubbles. Oh. Like, really giant ones and in fact anytime i would post them to instagram i would get dms from strangers being like i'll pay you for bubblegum actually i should i should start doing that for money but yeah babe that's a really slutty talent i know but gary jerry could see like my jaw strength my tongue flexibility that's like, I think it's it a slutty talent a little sexy what would you do now okay so i think i would be one of those girls who sang mm -hmm. however I would be like really annoying about it at first. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, oh my God, like, no, don't make me. Don't, don't make <gasps> me. Like, and then I would just break out into something like beautiful and insane, mm -hmm. you know, something within my range. Because if I'm in my range, I can, I can mm -hmm. tear it up a little bit. People are in tears. <laughs> it's, it's like those moments in like a Disney movie and I'm Hillary Duff mm -hmm. and I'm just a sh the shy lead or I'm Lindsay Lohan. I'm just the shy lead. And then I finally sing and people are like lowering their sunglasses, you know, putting down their skateboards, whatever. Cause it's a Disney movie. They're in awe of my voice. And then that one friend who believed in me the whole time is like, yes, you know, yeah, that I think would be how the talent show would go. For me, suddenly I'm a teenager being shipped away in Italy with some adult man and we're performing. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's the plot of the Lizzie McGuire movie. Okay, my bad, my bad. Let's let's go through the talent show, what, what our talented ladies went through. So, no. Sandra did stand up. So she tells, I'm going to summarize it real quick. She tells a joke where a man's dating <laughs> two women. He gives them $1,000. One spends $900 on clothes and puts $100 on the bank. The other puts $900 in the bank and spends $100 on clothes. Which one does he choose? And everyone's like, oh, boy, Sandra's getting political. And then she goes, he marries the one with the biggest boobs. And I'm like, Sandra, I fucking love you. I'm like, did she write that? I, mean, I Probably not, right? But Probably I a modified street joke, right? Like, I thought it was funny, you know, Six Inch Heel Susan did karate, which was insane, like broke a board and then right after was like, I did it. I would have paid anything to see her putting on the karate gi and doing like, you know, the tie at the waist and then like staring in the mirror, like tying the headband over her forehead, <laughs> like... Susan, you can do this. You're six inch Susan. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, like, where did they get that? They must warn them. Hey, there's going to be a talent show portion. Otherwise, like, the, you think that the PAs, I don't know, maybe it is in Agora Hills. They're like, we need to get Susan a gee. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I need a gee stat. And then you just see like one 19 year old PA loading up into the van white knuckling it and some line <laughs> producers like okay i have a location it's down and downy so you need to get there in 30 minutes from agora hills and you're like what that's i wanted to be in film just wanted to make the movies <laughs> just crying ellen she taught sex ed which i guess she normally does for middle schoolers she was having a blast up there pick me faith sang a song of course she already played guitar at gary once so naturally she's gonna do it again i wanna push you around when i will when i will april did like hype 
or she uh, like what was she poetry, doing? She had, beatnik poetry. She was just like preaching? pumping up the crowd or something like that. I don't. I was a little bit confused yeah. what she was doing, but everyone seemed to be vibing. I mean, she was like, "I nailed that." After so. I think April could have gotten up there and taken a nap for three minutes and then got off stage and been like, I nailed that. April exudes confidence <laughs> in a way for me. Like, I mean, that insecure that- confidence of like, I go to Pilates seven days a week and I only eat oatmeal, you know, and you know, I feel like it's like a wound up type A confidence and security balance in her, but she's like, I nailed that. Kathy, Trash Queen Kathy, did push-ups, <laughs> which is hilarious, <laughs> and it explains a lot because Kathy does kind of have like you know guns, she got Madonna arms. arms. Nancy, nasty Nancy, did catching whipped cream. So, listeners, if you aren't watching, she had whipped cream on one hand, <laughs> and she like popped it with the other like popped it up and then caught it in her mouth i watched it probably five times just trying to figure out the the physics of it the how can i recreate this at my next gathering or party (laughs) another person who right after they did it said i did it you know like surprised shocked shocked at their own (laughs) ability to, I can you imagine too that like nasty Nancy to their producers like yeah I think I just need some whipped cream and then that producer's like man you should see what Susan's PA is doing right now right Think, just thinking bring- about whipped cream bikini a la varsity blues <laughs> Leslie the you know acclaimed sexy dancer she of course danced and then which six inch Susan commented that it was a bit much because her dancing like she brought jerry gary up on stage and danced Mm -hmm. on him a little bit and then like the kind of like last minute bit was that under whatever like trash can or seat that she had on stage there was like a brownies and she was like i also bake (laughs) big finish you know yeah if those weren't pop brownies what are we doing here we had Last but not least, the most nervous of them all, mm-hmm. the she reported herself as a talentless person, and it was Joan, pretty, pretty super hot Joan, yeah. and she did poetry, rhyming poetry. Uh, the poem was, I hope I don't vomit on your shoe, or at least I didn't vomit on your shoes or something like that. I yeah. don't remember. I didn't write it down. It was... I thought it was charming. Like, I ho- yeah, it was I just, cute. I just hope I don't vomit on your shoes. Right. That okay. Was, yeah. Well, you weren't the only one know. who found it charming because yeah. picked her as the winner. Harry Jerry picked her, and sexy dancer Leslie then like kind of got sad because mm-hmm. she was like, I guess you know, like I want people to see me more than just sexy dancer. You know, I'm being punished for being too confident. <laughs> I love uh, I'm being punished for being too confident. That sounds like some shit that I would say. In fact, I guarantee I have said it before. I'm getting punished for being too confident. Yeah, Yeah. that's definitely come out of my mouth before. I wasn't called on enough in 201 improv. And it's like, I'm just being punished because I'm I'm too confident. (laughs) They they know that I know this stuff. That's why they're not giving me as many opportunities. They know I don't need I don't need the the practice, yeah. the runs. Pick someone up in an improv class one time. Well, you're a not la, supposed to do that, babe. A la Mimi, I'm first on drag. It worked out. Like the person I was like, I looked at him and I was like, kind of did like a lift deal and they were like nod, but the teacher didn't see that. No. You can't and I don't know why. At my younger times, I would do a fireman lift to anybody. You fireman lifted someone? Yeah. I like scooped him up, like, you know, like cradled him, like in my arms. My arms you know are straight out, is? head, feet. This is, they have to deal with like the Lyrica Perian's like insurance. <laughs> yes. You know, that's why he probably got in trouble. Not because you didn't have permission from the other person. Yeah. Is that if they would have gotten hurt and sued, 
you know, it would have been on UCB's ass. But yeah. enough about UCB. Jerry, <laughs> Gary, and Joan mm-hmm. have a one-on-one dinner where Joan reveals that, you know, to be here, she left behind her daughter who just had a baby, you know, her grandchild, and that it was uh, a tough pregnancy and, oh. you know, hasn't been easy, but she she left her behind. You really have to release that like vulnerability super early on to cement it. If this is your one-on-one opportunity, you got to have what's my sob story. What's my connection? Like what's going to bond us in some way to show that I'm a person? Erica, how many mm-hmm. candlelit wedding venues does production have ready to go on this show? Six at any time. There's okay. a PA just sitting at, in, a, in a dance hall just waiting to get the call if he needs to light all the candles. <laughs> so Jerry is Jerry Gary is quite touched that despite – Joan's daughter having this, you know, whatever tough pregnancy that Joan decided to leave and be there with him. He toasts their future and Joan bags the rose. He's thinking, listen, I'm Gary Jerry. I'm 72. Well, let's say in the eight to 10 years, what if I'm enfeebled? She's going to choose me over our family. I'm in a good spot. Whoa. Is that what you think that was coming from? Mm, I have a theory about old Jerry Gary. We'll get into it. Okay, well, but it wasn't foreshadowing or anything that, you know, she she brought up her daughter and and uh, toast to their future. No, nothing like that. Of course not. No, no, of course. Oh, wait. <laughs> so the next day, production shows us Joan somehow has her phone, which they confiscate these people's phones, allegedly. And we learn that she got a bad text message from her daughter. She says she needs help. Please come right away. This baby is 20 days old. She's a new mom cesarean section so she's been ripped open yeah and she's like mama mama i need you how much producer involvement do you think like happens in this Mm -hmm. because i don't i don't want to bash jones jones daughter and be like girl like handle your kid you know but at the same time like was this truly a coincidence or is this like the bachelor equivalent to like killing someone off yeah i feel like that baby had an agenda it was like i don't want a step grandpa wow yeah, I'm blaming the baby, not the mother, not Joan. No, I think it's kind of a a unique combo. Like the producers knew something maybe afoot because of Joan's intro packages, what she's been telling him. Each one of these women has someone that is dedicated to them to be like, hey, this is what we should do to get the story, but also get you with Jared. You know what I mean? Like, right. They knew. And so I'm sure the producer got the text in some way and then got you know, like their special permissions or whatnot. And I think they wanted to give her a good edit and a good send off. And I assume this text message might have come before the talent show or something. I was going to say, I think yeah. I've heard of this before or like people have got, they've gotten sued or maybe I just saw it on Unreal where like they know, the producers know this information, but then they withhold it. Yeah. In order to like have things line up, which is, I guess, fine in this instance because it was like the next day but like not chill in mm-hmm. certain situations because it was like you've known that my dad was dead for the past three days or like things like that and then that makes me feel like now that you said that that someone helped joan write her poem hmm. wow okay well hmm. it- we simply can't speculate you know on anything further than the fact that nancy's a nasty little girl but my heart was shattered for them because, you know, Gary Jerry shows up. He was there to take someone else on a date. He caught Joan in the parking lot in her PJs coming out to tell him the news. And he was like so happy to see her. Yeah. Like lit up. And Joan's hot. Joan's hot. Ah, so Gary Jerry was immediately in tears. And I I was t- I was sad. I sure. I didn't find myself walking up to Winston and just hugging him, begging him not to die. Yeah, no, they cooled it on the on the dead <laughs> former spouse on this episode, which I appreciated. <laughs> I bet Winston did too. He's like, I'm bruised from you hugging me too hard. <laughs> Don't leave me. We have to say goodbye to Joan. She was shipped away. 
probably barefoot into that SUV. Like, I don't think she was wearing shoes in this package. That's what I'm saying. Like, I like she just like got put into that SUV immediately after. She's still in her PJs. Like, and it, I just was like, okay, imagine the shame because they obviously don't send her straight to LAX and be like, bye, bitch. Like, she probably just had to like drive around the block and then sneak back in yeah. and pack her shit. Absolutely. I there there is a phenomenon in Bachelor Nation called the two on one date. Uh-huh. And towards the end, the one on one dates. You put your suitcase by the door. Oh, I remember that. I've seen from old Bachelor episodes. Yeah. yeah. And so if you don't get the rose on that date or whoever doesn't get the rose on the two on one, a PA comes and collects the suitcase. And that's how the rest of the house knows. <gasps> They're not here anymore. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait for that. Well, thanks to, you know, the magic of TV editing, Jerry's over in a flash and he gets to choose someone for his next date. And mm-hmm. before we go any further, Erica, I mm-hmm. need to know who is your least favorite person? Because like for me around this moment, I'm yeah. like, I don't like Faith. Mm-hmm. Like she... If you don't remember Faith, she's the one who swims with horses and like isn't like other girls and is like I drink always from playing the hose. Like she's just she's such pick me energy. Like yeah. I can't do this. But she like in this moment she was like saying to Cameron, like I need this date because I don't think that Gary Jerry likes me anymore. You know the first impression rose which she got that was so long ago, and I'm like Faith, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Here's I yeah, Faith is really grinding my gears, but right now I think April is my least favorite because like Whoa. she came in kooky, right? She came in kind of kooky crazy. Here's a calendar where every month is April. Great, great intro. That's so it's like you said, like Facebook market, like Facebook advertisement insane, right? Yeah. But I feel like she's kind of mellowing and I'm like, April, I need you at an 11. If you're kooky crazy, embrace it. And I need you to be kooky crazy, you know? So she's so. your least favorite because she's disappointing you for her lack of, like, insaneness. Now is not the time to be normal, April. Yeah. Totally. Well, Ellen uh, is the next one to bag a date. I think the Gary Jerry had mentioned, oh, I really like Ellen's company, I just need to see if it translates romantically, which I'm like, damn, like that's honest. But she is whisked away by resident fashion designer whose name I didn't write down. Michael Costello. Uh, Okay. So she gets put into, you know, like a montage of trying on totally appropriate full length gowns for a daytime outside date. (laughs) And I was watching this and thinking like, man, my husband is fucking up because I've never found myself going on a date or any occasion with him that felt like a a gown was appropriate. (laughs) Like maybe, maybe one wedding that we've been to felt formal enough (laughs) for this kind of gown. But but, uh, I I don't know. I just like, I'm dying to wear a gown. Love a gown. Love a gown. I, (laughs) I do like to think of Winston picking an outfit for me to do some date somewhere but then i think the other half of me goes well you know when you come to him and you're in an outfit and you say is this too much right he says yeah (laughs) that's the wrong answer (laughs) so you're saying that you like the idea of winston picking out a gown for you or picking out an outfit for you but that you're kind of afraid that the outfit he picks like you he will you won't like yeah that's what i'm afraid now all of my clothes are great, obviously. Sure. I feel like I put them together in the right way. Like I'm not fashionable. I have style. I have a distinct I mean, style. In these instances where a, a look is put together for you before a date, it's usually like brand new clothing. I think it comes in that whole fantasy of like <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey, like some rich billionaire mm-hmm. like is whisking you away and right. is ordering you around and telling you what to wear. So it kind of comes from a weird place. but. You know, I think my anxiety with it always is like, well, okay, where did you get this dress though? Because right. I'm different sizes in different no, places, and like, say I need three copies of every outfit, like okay. my normal like, day, my bloated day, and my like 
lean day. I like, I just like, I don't think that I'm like that. I'm not Dakota Johnson in Fifty mm-hmm. Shades. Like you, I, sometimes, what if, because what do you say? Hey, like you come out in your pajamas or like with the dress on, but doesn't zip up all the way and go, <gasps> hey, this was a really nice idea, but like this doesn't fit me. I would rather, I don't know, eat a dump. I don't know what I would there's rather a, do, but I wouldn't like it. There's a PA with like 18 like industrial safety pins ready to just zip that up for you. I just, yeah, I, I would be like, oh, I don't have the right bra for this dress. Like, thank you. It's pretty, but what am I going to do with these girls? Like, There's just like, there's too, too many variables. Yeah, we're not, we're not, let me buy you an outfit and not run it by you first kind of girls, you know? And that's okay. There's a UK reality show. I can't remember the exact name, but it's basically the groom plans the wedding. So they're given XYZ amount of money and the bride has no say, but they film everything. And the guy's like, yeah, I like that dress. She looked good in that dress. And I'm like, she hasn't, she hasn't tried it on. (laughs) She hasn't, she hasn't had it fitted. What are you saying? And they're hideous most of the time. Or he'll be like, which one's the cheapest? Yeah, let's do that one. Okay. I got to have my football cake. <laughs> it's insane. And I could never be on that show. It, I mean, maybe it's the producers or maybe it just needs to be like a precursor to divorce court. Either way, Ellen finally gets into like this bright pink number and, you know, Gary Jerry sees Ellen and his reaction to her outfit is that she looks great. But then he says, what completed the look was the smile on her face. Gary Jerry, like, kill me are, are the bachelors ever sweet like this are they no i i mean they're very sweet a lot of times but jerry gary felt so sincere in this like he, he was made for this show like they, they've been casting for this show i feel like since 2020 or 2019 they've been putting out do you know an older person that looking for love do you know blah 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 so I think they were just biding their they were truly looking for the right person. And now do I have a theory about Jerry Berry and his first wife? Of course. I'll have to tell it on episode four behind the paywall though. I uh I wish I would have seen that because I feel like my my mom would thrive on this show. She yeah. yes. as a certified <gasps> crazy person, you know, trash mama trash can, like she would just yeah. <laughs> I think she'd be, I think she'd be good TV, but okay. So Gary, Jerry and his first wife were poor. This comes up in the day, but they're like boomers. So they're like boomer poor. So they probably had like a house and could afford to live on one income, but like just barely. I like that. They said we were so poor. We would invite our parents over for dinner because we knew they would bring us groceries. Like, okay. Yeah. I've been there in my (laughs) thirties. I'm here now. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, we were so poor when we were 19 and married. (laughs) God. Uh, It's fine. But, you know, just a little bit of backstory, I guess. And then we learned a little bit about Ellen. She met her husband at a summer camp when she was 10 years old. Now, the boy I thought I was going to marry at summer camp when I was 10 year old put a Lego figurine on a necklace and then let me wear the necklace. And I was like, well, there's my husband. (laughs) And then the next day, I saw another girl with the Lego necklace, the Lego man on the necklace. And I was like, you know, the ball pin chain necklaces. Right. He just looped a Lego man through it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is practically my engagement ring. And he also gave one to another girl. And I was heartbroken. That's why I'm not married to this day. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Ellen was married for 25 years um, to this man. So I have to assume that some time passed between summer camp and when they got together because my brain immediately was like, wait, what? She met when they were, they met when they were 10. (laughs) So assuming that Ellen, like if, if they stayed together and got married when they were 18 and then it was 25 years of marriage, then that would mean that Ellen has been single for like 20 years. So I'm just going to assume that maybe there was a time gap (laughs) and that she hasn't been single for 20 years. Which, if she has been single for 20 years, like, I guess, good for you, girl. Like, get back in the water now on national television. Mm -hmm. It sounded like her husband didn't pass away. 
No, like it sounded they like they may got be divorced. divorced. Yeah, yeah, but they're not saying that. But it very much the language changed from you know. But yeah, no. If so, he was dead, I think we would know about it because yeah. we know everybody else's dead husbands. Because I, I'd be crying, hugging Winston. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> you know, the twenty years she says is like letter to this moment. It's sweet, and Ellen gets earrings, like gorgeous earrings, to wear yeah. on their date with her nice dress. And the date is riding in a hot air balloon. Have you ever been kissed at 100 feet? I think I've mentioned this on Trashy Trashy before, but I am not a hot air balloon person, so I would have to opt out of this part of the date. Um, But maybe that explains why I've never worn a gown, you know, because I guess a hot air balloon is a gown activity. (laughs) Who would know? (laughs) I think I would love... I mean, no, I'd probably be scared shitless in a hot air balloon, but if I was in one, I'd want to have a bunch of water balloons with me. To and drop I, on people? Yes. And then I duck down in the basket of the hot air balloon and pretend as if I'm not the only thing in the air for <laughs> four miles. The only thing 100 <laughs> feet above your head. Couldn't be us. <laughs> So, I mean, because he said that he would, like, I get along with Ellen Gray. She's a lot of fun, but I have to see if it's romantic. I have a feeling that if this was about you and you're like, let's drop hot air balloons, I don't think you would have gotten the rose. I think it'd be like, oh, yeah, Erica's fun. but <laughs> This isn't romantic. Yeah, I'm trying to win America's heart, not Gary Jerry's at this point. You know what I mean? Well, the next day, uh, Teresa, who captured your heart according to the last episode Mm -hmm. she's falling apart she needs her gear bear she's telling everybody who will listen like how great their date was probably for the fourth time because at this point it's been like a week you Mm -hmm. know so they probably already know this but she just like she can't believe that she has to stew in this house and wait around when like her and gary jerry already made plans to go to italy yeah i mean she's already taken duo language classes you know what i mean but she's (laughs) you know probably telling anybody who will listen and then she kind of opens her mouth to the wrong person the k and asking kathy 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 cannot handle it and she like makes it known to everyone except Teresa, which i understand you can vent your frustration but to tell everyone like you need to confront the person but I'm working on conflict management. So, like, sure. I mean, I can't expect yeah. that any of these boomers have been to therapy. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> so, April shuts Teresa down finally when the women are all gathered around, and she says to the group at large, without singling Teresa out or anyone even really knowing who she's talking about, she says, If you have a moment, keep your mouth shut. Like, if you have a, a, a connection with, Jerry Gary, don't tell everyone about it. I mean, this was like savage. And mm-hmm. Teresa immediately seems to know that it's about her because maybe she's just aware that she's the only person who's been like, just like not shutting the fuck up about it. Or mm-hmm. she's like, well, I'm the only one who's had a moment. Mm-hmm. Whatever, <laughs> however she knew it was about her, she pulled April aside and was like, hey, are we good, girl? And April was like, we're good, but you and Kathy are not good. Are you ride or die if you defend your friend in public only to like immediately throw them under the bus when you're called out? I don't know, you know, but it, it, I think the damage was already done because it's cocktail night. Mm -hmm. And when Kathy gets her time with Gary Jerry, she utilizes it by crying and saying how some of the girls are mean and she just wants what's best for him. You know, so he doesn't want, she doesn't want him to end up with a mean person. Mm -hmm. and. I guess, like, you know, this made Gary Jerry, like, all hard in the pants because he was like, hang on one second. I'm going to get you a rose. She also had a photo of her dead dad. Oh, yeah. Which I get it. Like, again, you have to pull those, like, emotional connections hard. But I, I think Kathy's intentions are good in general. But she's just really piss poor in her execution, like like a gold cover turd from turdyworks.com. <laughs> it's gold, but it's still a turd, you know? So 
I'm starting to panic for Teresa at this point. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, because she, Kathy never names Teresa. Right. You know, of like what the girl that's being mean. But, you know, Gary Jerry really liked Teresa on their date. And Erica, I know that you liked her too. Mm-hmm. I was worried. I'm going to be honest. I was worried. She's very tiny. Kathy even commented on how tiny she is. She can't <laughs> defend herself, you know? But I, I feel like Teresa is used to being around her family and friends and able to share and speak of things. She's used to real world. And this is the Bachelor Mansion. And it's a very unique thing where you are friends but competing. And I just, I really don't want Teresa to go over Kathy's interpretation of how things are going. I mean, I hear you, but also like have some couth. You know, mm. because like, yeah, you are all dating the same person. It's kind of giving like Brandy and Monica don't mess with my man a little bit, you know, of like, man, they're really both boasting about being with this same guy, which in the case of that song is like the guy is the problem. In yeah. this case, like this is the game that they signed up for. But anyways, Teresa pulls Kathy aside. And Kathy lays into her ass. I mean, she doesn't let Teresa get a word in. And basically is like, you're being possessive. Shut your mouth. Bitches get stitches. Every time Teresa tries to say anything, Kathy's like, no, not yet. And Teresa, I mean, she sends Teresa off in tears. She said something along the lines of like, our words are our responsibility. And like, we have to be... You know, like, it's our responsibility. We have to own it. We have to just, like, be accountable. And I'm like, God damn, Kathy. But um, Teresa gets her moment alone with Gary. He finds her crying in her bedroom, being comforted by Faith. Yuck. I mean, bad luck to be comforted by Faith. That almost made me go, like, man, is Teresa, uh-huh. like, good? Yeah. Because, I mean, I just, I am so anti-Faith. And I'm like, the company you keep, girl. Well, she, she didn't, like, ask Faith to come with her. No, she, I know. <laughs> Faith was like, I, I should try to make my first girlfriend in my life. Right? Yeah. We could go to the water and hole together. Uh, yeah, so this is why girls don't like me. Yep. Yep. So Teresa's crying because she's like, I didn't mean to be boastful. And, you know, I, I know Gary ain't here for the drama. And Faith is very nice comforting her. But I don't. It's somewhat troubling sometimes to see like the 20 year olds on The Bachelor fight like this. And I really don't want to see it with widowers and grandmas. It's kind of heartbreaking. You know, hopefully this isn't too personal to share. But one time I heard my mom complaining about like some guy that she was dating who kind of ghosted her. And I remember thinking to myself, fuck, this never gets better, does it? You know? Like, oh, I was single at the time. Yeah. yeah. My mom just was like heartbroken over this dude. And I was like, there is 39 years that separates the two of us. And apparently, like, the bullshit just never stops. I hear my parents now talking sometimes about like, well, <laughs> listen to this. And you're like, no, 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 no. I don't think I'm your child. We're not gal pals or boy, for, you know, like boyfriend, yeah. girlfriend, friends. Like, no, 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 no. I don't need to know any of this. Until you're walking down the aisle, I don't want to meet somebody else. And that's just me being an asshole. I want my parents to be happy. But for me, the little kid in me is like, no, I don't want anybody else. So, I mean, I was like that, too, when I was 11. Well, I'm like 11. <laughs> <laughs> Our right. parents only are divorcing recently, so it's like... <laughs> um, <sighs> we made it to the rose ceremony. Teresa <sighs> is pressed on whether or not she's going to get a rose. I'm like on the edge of my seat because I'm like, are the producers really going to fuck us with this one? So Pick Me Faith gets the first rose. Underrated Sandra gets the second rose. And when he asks, will you accept this rose? She says, like a hole in one. Girl, what the fuck does that mean? Is it like a golf joke? Like a sex joke? <laughs> Did we miss like a sexy golf moment between them? Like I I, <laughs> I hope it was so weird. Anyways, whatever. Sexy dancer is next, Leslie. 
uh, Nasty Nancy, and then Six Inch Heel Susan, and then finally Calendar Girl April is the penultimate rose. So Askin is through. We have another week of all four members of Askin. I want Sandra to join this so they can be Saskin, but I just like Sandra. <laughs> I get it. I mean, it could be like Askin. Askin. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. So the suspense is like really building up and it's like they're down to the final rows. So this is where Jesse comes back in and is like, ladies, this is the final rose of the evening. Gary. And then he leaves again. <laughs> Just such an insane trope. But yeah, I mean, is it going to be Teresa or is it going to be one of these other two women who haven't been featured at all? Oh, by the way, I need to say this quickly. It's not in the notes, but I need to say it because it's going to drive me crazy. Edith. That woman is like my aunt. They haven't said if Edith is Cuban, but she has the same voice as multiple aunts, Cuban aunts of mine. So Edith is Cuban for sure. And I'm sad that she didn't get enough time because, you know, I always root for Cubans. I can't help myself. Edith and Christina. Yeah. We don't know shit about Christina. (laughs) We don't know a damn thing about Edith. The only reason that I... You know that is because I'm guessing based off of her accent. Here's what happens. Dun, dun, dun. Teresa gets the final rose. Oh, thank goodness. No red herrings. And is immediately back on her bullshit. Yeah. Teresa leans over to Kathy, who she like knows probably was no doubt strategically placed next to each other <laughs> and asks, how are things with Gary? And like wants to keep talking about it. And like, Maybe she's trying to be nice. Kathy answers. She's like kind of vague. She's like, oh, yeah, Gary Jerry's a great guy, blah, 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 you know, whatever. And Teresa is like, oh, I know. He's so great. He actually came to my bedroom to find me. And Kathy is like, no, shut your fucking mouth. Yeah, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. Do you think it was justified? I I don't know. I mean – I don't know who to root for in this situation anymore, to yeah. be honest. Well, so Kathy was an educational consultant in Texas, right? So she's probably used to having her way and her say and kind of controlling things a lot. So she's probably right. very comfortable telling everyone like the best, more efficient ways of like not teaching critical race theory, how to dope in high school football and how the Mexican <laughs> government just gave the Alamo away. Except, you know what I mean? Like. I feel right, like what you teach in Texas. What you teach in Texas. So I just assumed she was kind of <laughs> set up to be next to each other. I mean, obviously the producers picked that, but I think Kathy's just like, this isn't professional, you know? <laughs> well, our after credit sequence showed that fortunately or unfortunately, Erica, you and I are Kathy and Six Inch Heel Susan. I'm not going to say who's who. Um I mean, they basically are saying, like, in this after credit sequence, like, if they don't leave with Gary Jerry, they -hmm. intend to leave with each other. And then there's just this super long bit about Susan's guacamole farts. Which, I mean, am I Susan? Insane. They're like, yeah, Susan's smelly ass. It's the guacamole. And it yeah, another this- lady comes in and is like, oh, Susan's fart. Like, it's like everyone knows. Like, everyone knows that it's like Susan's like digestion is like not where it needs to be. And that sh- her ass just stinks. Is I- that how she cut the board, the karate board? Like, we didn't see the full chop. It's just like she sent a fart wave to it. I'm telling you, like, Susan is by far the most well-rounded person on this show. I don't even know if how her and Gary Jerry's interactions go. I don't know anything about that. I just know she's a hairdresser and a wedding officiant. She does karate. She masturbates with high heels and she can't digest guacamole. Like, how do I know that much about her? And I don't think that Gary Jerry knows a fucking thing. Oh, and she looks like Liza Minnelli. It, it it doesn't matter. I these are like the lists from like that MTV dating show next. Like, you know, you get your three bullet it points. Is. <laughs> Susan's next. It is. Okay, Erica, closing statements. We yes. we have to we yeah. might be behind the paywall, but we do have to stop. We gotta wrap it up. 
So is Teresa naive or dumb like a fox? You know what I mean? So she's playing a very interesting game is because she comes off very sincere, but I think she may be a psychopath. And there's a difference between a psychopath and a sociopath, which I looked up this morning because I think people use them interchangeably and they're not. So a psychopath lacks guilt and remorse and empathy. They pretend to feel emotions, have the inability to form true emotional attachments, tend to be successful, dishonest, manipulate behavior, have narcissism and superficial charm. Whereas a sociopath, it's like a lot of CEOs are psychopaths, right? Sure. Sociopaths are more of the criminal track of this. So they lack remorse, but guilt and empathy may be present in some cases. Some emotions are felt, mostly rage, but they're very shallow and fleeting. They may form close attachments to one or few individuals. They are very irresponsible, repeatedly violate the law, lying, deception, aggression, and reckless behavior. So I think she's a psychopath. You're suggesting that Teresa is a psychopath? Yes. I'm not Team Kathy, but I am suggesting Teresa is a psychopath. Damn. And that's what you pay for, people. And that's what you pay for. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was just going to say that Teresa's just like some dumb boomer <laughs> who is a little out of her league. But uh, <laughs> never mind, girl. Um, thank you to our Patreon subscribers for listening to episode three of the Golden Bachelor recaps. We hope that you're enjoying this show and the show on ABC. I mean, if you're not watching it along with us, that's you're really trusting us to tell you what happened. Uh, <laughs> but we appreciate you subscribing to the Patreon. And we we just love you, baby trash cans. We love you, baby trash cans. Thank you so much. And please tell a friend if you'd like to be able to commiserate with them and let us know on Patreon. Are you a psychopath or are you a sociopath? <laughs> yeah, we'll have a little comment thread going. You know, what's sure. your sociopathic and what's your psychopathic traits? So what could go wrong? What could go wrong? What could be admitted into court for evidence? Uh-huh. <laughs> As always, you can find us at Trashy Trashy Pod on all socials and have a great day. Bye, baby trash cans. Bye. Bye.